Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The ads maven, Jen Pawsik, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Now, here is the host of the ads maven, Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker and coach, Jen Pawsik. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. I'm Jen Posick, the Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. Oh, I feel like today's episode is kind of perfect timing for what is going on in the world. So we are talking all about dating your money with my guest Nicole Icavoni. And let me um let me tell you a little bit about her. So Nicole Icavoni is a financial therapist. And she's also a licensed couples therapist with 17 years experience providing therapy to clients at her holistic wellness center based in Northeast Pennsylvania. In her online business at NicoleIcavoni.com, she writes a crushworthy newsletter called Money Love Notes, where she dishes on her latest financial crush and offers inspirational ideas for loving up on your money. So her signature program Money Therapy teaches you how to transform your relationship with money into a steamy love affair built to last a lifetime. I love that. She's been featured in Business Insider, Up Journey, and Life and Money by Citibank. And when she's not empowering women to deepen their relationship with money, earn their worth, and manage money like a boss, you can find her snuggling with her dog, devouring self-help books, and sipping on vanilla lattes. Nicole, welcome to the Ads Maven. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I am so excited for you to be joining us. And again, I feel like this is like perfect timing to be talking about money because I feel like a lot of people are a little bit worried about money at the moment. (laughs) Absolutely. In the times that we're in right now, there are a lot of financial pressures because of how things are changing economically, how things are changing in the way that we're doing work and business, um, in the demands that we're facing with, you know, tending to childcare and all those sorts of things. And so a lot of people are really starting to feel the financial stress of everything that's happening in the world. So I agree. Now is the perfect time to be giving some attention to our finances and our money and figuring out what to do next. Yeah. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about how you got started, because you have a very interesting story, I think. Yeah, so I am trained as a psychotherapist. I am licensed to do psychotherapy, and I specialize in couples therapy. And I started my private practice about eight years ago. And about four years into my private practice work, I made the decision that I wanted to grow my business um, from, like, my one-man show into a full-service holistic wellness center. So I wanted to add services like yoga and nutrition coaching and psychiatry and really take a holistic approach. So that sounded great in theory, but in practice, I made the mistake of growing my business too big and too fast. And so I moved into this very expensive building and bought all new furniture and really tried to create this wonderful, beautiful experience for my clients. But I was spending a ton of money to do that. And the business Mm. did not grow as quickly as I thought. So I had this big, beautiful space, but the client sort of started just trickling in and I wasn't experiencing the big boom in business like I had hoped for. 
And so I found myself in the midst of this financial crisis, really, where I was $87,000 in debt. I was actually losing money in my business every single day and losing sleep at night worrying about how I could pay my bills to keep the doors open. And that's what led me to really do a lot of self-reflection and realizing that the way that I looked at money and the way that I behaved with money was really toxic and it needed to change. And that began my my own journey toward um, dating my money and, and making it a priority and approaching it in a totally new way, which in turn led to a whole new business of helping other people transform their relationships with money as well. I love that. Okay, so talk to me about what are some of the, like, financial mistakes that you made and, like, what you learned from them. And I know you you talked about that a little bit just now, but. Yes. I was guilty of having what I call shiny object syndrome, (laughs) where I was looking to other entrepreneurs um, and seeing what they were doing and trying to copy them. Because I thought, okay, you know, here's people who are building six-figure businesses and they're creating all these awesome experiences for their customers and posts are going viral and they're having such a huge impact and I want that. And so I'm going to do what they're doing. I'm going to spend the money on the advertising. I'm going to spend the money on all these shiny objects that, you know, make my business look really successful and that's going to draw in the customers. And that was a big mistake because I was spending money that I didn't really have I was putting a lot of money on credit cards. I took out some loans to try and get my business off the ground. And I wasn't thinking about how there might be a time lapse between spending that money and recovering that money and having, you know, a turn upon that investment. And so that was Mm. one of the biggest mistakes that I made was um, spending money uh, sort of haphazardly, not even really realizing how much I was spending because I wasn't keeping track of it. I didn't have a budget or a spending plan at that time. I was just, you know, throwing money around and hoping that it would be coming back to me in the form of clients coming in the door. And when that didn't happen, then I felt very desperate for money. And Mm. so that led to, like, chasing paper is what I call it, (laughs) where I was taking on, like, nightmare clients, people that I didn't really want to work with. Um, people that were um, undercutting my rate and trying to negotiate a lower fee because I was so desperate to have clients at all that would pay me anything they were willing to pay me. And that really led to, you know, burnout. And I hated coming to work because of that. And I felt very resentful about the work that I was doing because I wasn't earning what I felt I deserved. And so that led to a really terrible work experience in general. And so looking back... Uh, what I wish I had done was been more mindful about my spending, more intentional and thoughtful about that, tracking my spending better, and really making buying decisions that were in alignment with my values and what was important to me and what I wanted my business to stand for. But not only that, but like I learned that I really needed to focus on doing my job well and serving clients that I wanted to work with and giving them really exceptional experiences, not by having shiny objects or fancy things in my office, but by really delivering results for them so that they could feel better and live better lives. And when I made that shift and started doing that, 
I got more and more clients coming in because people were starting to talk about the results they got and making referrals. And I built a reputation then that generated more clients. I didn't even need some of the advertising that I was spending money on at that point. Right. Oh, man. Okay. So that leads to a f- I have a few questions leading up to yeah. that. So I know you said you didn't really even need the money you were spending the advertising on. Were you spe- Were you running like Facebook and Instagram ads? I was not. I was spending money on traditional print advertising. Ah, so gotcha. advertising in the local newspaper or, um, you know, like local sports teams would have you sponsor them and they would print information about your business and their programs and doing a lot of local uh, advertising in, in that way. And again, this was about five years ago. And so I hadn't really entered into the world of like online businesses and that's what was happening in online business. You know, people were using Facebook ads and Instagram ads and Google ads to really market their business. And that was something that didn't even cross my mind because I thought, well, I'm a brick and mortar business. So I really should be doing print advertising to my local community. <laughs> And what I found was that that was a complete waste of money, <laughs> and right. it didn't work. It didn't bring in the clients, and word of mouth, which was free, was far better. But now, in my online business as a financial therapist, I absolutely invest in Facebook ads, and that has really made a big difference in getting in front of my ideal client and being able to work nice. with the people that I have expertise to help. That's awesome. What do you run ads to? Hmm. Great question. Do you? Te- I run Facebook yeah. ads to my lead magnet. So I offer Perfect. a free date your money planner, which is a great guide to help people get started dating their money, seeing their money as a friend instead of an enemy, and making their money a priority by scheduling weekly money dates. So that's basically just time set aside where you're tending to your money, you're kind of seeing where it's going, you're making decisions about it and plans for the future. And so I run an ad to that so that they can get, you know, instant help. Like they're getting an experience with me and what it's like to work with me. And they are getting a guide that they can be taking action on and getting some instant results. And then that adds them to my email list and I send out my weekly money love notes with additional tips and advice. And they're always really fun and flirty, or at least I try to make them that way um, and, and be inspiring <laughs> and entertaining at the same time. Um, because, you know, if it's boring and dull, we're not going to read it. It's going to go in the trash. Um, right. So that signs them up to get those emails as well. And I'm a big believer in offering a lot of really free, valuable content I hate it when I subscribe to somebody's newsletter and I am bombarded with launch after launch after launch. And so I avoid that at all costs. I I launch once a year and that's it. My program opens once a year um, and then it's closed for a whole year. So um, that's all that I do. So I offer a bunch of free content throughout the year, um, which I really love that method. And I think that um, the Mm -hmm. people on my email list really appreciate that too. And and I found that, you know, running the Facebook ads to the lead magnet on an ongoing basis really helps me to build my subscriber list of people that I really want to work with and um, that really resonate with my message. That is Perfect. That's exactly what I recommend as well. So 
awesome. When you do get ready to launch your program, do you launch it through like a webinar or a challenge or? I do kind of a long launch sequence. So my launch takes place over the course of about two months. And I do that just oh, wow. primarily through um, my email. So I will send gotcha. out weekly emails and more emails leading up to the cart being open for my program. Um, and again, it, those emails are designed to teach and to inspire and to entertain. So they're getting value yep. even from the emails when I am talking about my program, too. Awesome. Okay, so I know that we have the um, – in the show notes, we have the link to sign up to get the Date Your Money Planner. So you can go to the show notes to click it to get it. But also, if they just go to NicoleIcavoni.com, can they, they can find the money planner in there, too, right? Oh, yes. It's right at the top of my homepage. Um, there's a banner with the link that you can just click on that and you can, can download that right away. Awesome. Okay, so I have way more questions. I know you talked about budgeting. I know you talked about dating your money and scheduling money dates. I want to dig into all of that. We've got a quick break coming up, though. So you are listening to The Ads Maven with myself, Jen Tosic, on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The ads maven, Jen Pawsik, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Listen to the ads maven every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Ads Maven with Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker, and coach Jen Pawsik. To participate in the show, call in the U.S. 815 880 8255. Canada, 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions and comments to Jen at theadsmaven.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Jen Tosic, the Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. So today our show topic is all about dating your money with Nicole Icavoni. And so before we went to the break, we were talking about, whew, gosh, kind of like all things money. <laughs> and, um, okay, so we were talking about how you can grab, Nicole, we can grab your Date Your Money Planner if we go to NicoleIcavoni.com. The link is also in the show notes for you. And I know we were t you were talking about how you've been running ads to it to your planner, 
And before that, you mentioned that back when you were having uh, some money issues and when you were in debt, you were not budgeting. And so for myself, I have really only tattling on myself a little bit, but I've really only started budgeting in the last few months. And I feel like I'm finally like becoming an adult and like knowing what's going on with my money. And so do you have any tips for budgeting and planning? Yes, absolutely. So what you were describing is not uncommon. If you look at the statistics, far more people do not budget than people who do. And one of the reasons for that is because we all have very complicated emotions when it comes to money. And as a result of those complicated feelings, we tend to avoid financial matters because they feel scary, overwhelming, intimidating, um, you know, and we often aren't given an education about money or how to manage it well or how to oh, yeah. have a healthy relationship with it. So we're just left to sort of figure it out on our own. And we make a lot of mistakes along the way in that process. And that can really lead us to be like, oh, I don't want to face these issues. I just want to brush them under the rug and not deal with them. But then the problems get worse. Mm. So it is not shocking that people don't want to budget or they don't want to look at their money because it stirs up all of those complicated feelings. The problem with that, though, is if we ignore our money and we don't pay attention to it, then we really don't have control over it. And we're not making informed decisions about what to do with it. We don't know where it's going necessarily. Mm. And we tend to overspend as a result. And that puts us further in debt. And then we've got all these bills. And that sucks up our income. And then we're put in really difficult <laughs> positions. So yeah. to avoid this downward spiral or this domino effect, you know, we need to sort of take a different approach to money and how we feel about it. And, and that's really the essence of what I teach, is trying to put a different spin on the way we look at money and making it fun and flirty and seeing the relationship with money like a romantic relationship. Because money is essentially a lifelong partner. You're going to be using money every day for the rest of your life. You know, it's always going to be a part of your life. Mm. And we want to have a healthy relationship in which we're working with our money like a team, much like we work with our romantic partners like a team. And we share our hopes and dreams with each other when we plan for the future. The best way to share your hopes and dreams and plan for the future is to create a budget, right? Because that's where you assign a job to every dollar you have and you say, okay, this money is going to be put to work in this way and this other money is going to be put to work in this other way so that you can reach your short and long-term financial goals and have the life that you want. Money is a resource mm. and a tool that allows us to experience the things that we want. And money is there for us if we guide it and give it some direction. And having a budget or like I like to call it a spending plan really because budget just feels really restrictive to me. Like you're not allowed to spend any money. Yeah. But a spending plan is just that. It's creating a plan for your money and giving your money a job so that it knows what to be doing and what to be working on to benefit you and your life. Yeah. Okay, so if somebody is like me just a few months ago and has never budgeted before at all, what would even be like the first step? Because I know I yeah. had to, I did so much Googling, like just I was so, it's overwhelming when you haven't done it before. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. I have two recommendations. The first step, and I think this is the most important thing, is to get really clear on your own values. So ask yourself, what Mm. is most important to you in your life? What are some of the things you absolutely do not want to live without? And it's probably not even going to be material things. It's going to be things like creativity, freedom, independence, love, right? Like those Mm. sorts of things, health, right? And so when we get really clear on our values, you know, write down your top five. Top five highest values can't live without and let those guide what you spend your money on or what you put your money toward. So to give you an example, one of my top values in life is health. And so when I'm looking at my spending plan for the month and I see how much money I have available, one of the first things that I put my money toward is good nutritious food because that promotes my health, my gym membership because that promotes my health, Um, you know, like self-care because that promotes my health. And so... Being clear on your values helps you to identify what goes at the top of the list when it comes to where you want to spend your money. So that would be step one. And then my second piece of advice is to use a budgeting tool to help you. Because if you're doing this paper and pencil style, it's going to be really overwhelming and confusing, (laughs) hard to keep track of, hard to update, and then you're going to hate it and you're going to quit. So use a system that makes it easy and streamlined and, you know, you can quickly reference it and maintain it over time. I really love a program called You Need a Budget. Um, It's a software program that you can put on your computer. You can also sync with your phone. There's an app that you can sync it. You can sync it with your partner's phone. So if you share a joint checking account, it um, updates uh, in real time so that you know what each other is spending. And it helps you to really organize all your categories for everything that you spend money on to assign how much money you spend in each of those. And then as you spend money from each category, you enter in those transactions or you can import them from your bank statement, like from your debit card purchases. And it will show you how much you have in each category to spend for the rest of the month. And it makes it so easy to take a quick quick glance and see how much money you have left so that you aren't overspending in any particular category. How often do you, like, actually look at your budget? Great question. So I am a big believer in making money a priority and tending to it regularly because just like a romantic relationship, you wouldn't like not speak to your partner for a month and expect your relationship to be healthy and happy, right? Same thing with your money. So I sit down an hour every week for a money date. And that is just time that I look at my spending plan or I look at my expenses up to that point or I might look at my investments and see what's happening with those, or I might make some plans mm. as to, um, you know, what I'm going to try to save up for if I want to make a big purchase, or if I want to trim down some expenses, what I can remove from my budget, or, you know, what expenditures I can live without, so to speak. Um, so that helps me just to check in with my money regularly once a week, see where it's going, see if it's working for me, see if there's anything I want to change in the situation. And so I'm feeling totally in control 
of my spending. I know how much money is coming in. And I'm just making time to sort of love up on my money to keep that relationship really healthy. I love that. I actually just recently started giving giving myself little money dates as well. So I, I'm feeling pretty proud about that because that's definitely a new thing for me. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love it because it does make me feel like I know what's going on. And some I use that also, like, I'll pay some, like, bills, like, make just making sure, like, and, like my credit card is, like, up to date and stuff like that um, during mm-hmm. those times. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing about money days and, and what you'll find in my planner if you download it is that I really believe in making these money dates fun because if it's not fun, you're not going to want to do it. And money is something that we absolutely have to tend to and be proactive in working with so that we don't find ourselves in financial disaster. And so in my planner, I give seven flirty money date ideas that you can use to schedule them in your planner in advance so that they're really fun. Um, Things like, I'll give you an example, things like, you know, taking a trip down memory lane. And so that particular money date would be looking through your photo albums, um, you know, of your parents or your childhood and thinking about how your parents dealt with money and what you learned from them and do you want to emulate the way that they manage their money or do you want to do something a little bit different? You know, it's getting you thinking about your money memories and your first experiences with money and how that might be impacting you now. And so that's just one example of how you can, you know, improve your financial habits and gain financial literacy in a way that is fun and playful and curious. So it's something that you want to do, that you want to make time for instead of something that you dread or that feels overwhelming or anxiety-provoking so that you can keep up with it. That's awesome. I love that. Um, okay, so I know that when you're talking about, like, dating your money and, like, all of this, you're kind of personifying money. And um, why do you think it's helpful to do that and think of it like a romantic relationship? So as I mentioned, I'm a psychotherapist, so my background is in psychology. And research has shown us that when we personify something, our brains just understand it better. You know, we need to have something relatable for us to really grab the concept and be able to hardwire that. And so a lot of people don't have a lot of experience managing their finances, don't have a good financial education, have very little experience developing a healthy relationship with money. And so that's one of the reasons why money feels like this elusive, confusing thing. And so in my experience as a psychologist, I have found that this makes so much more sense to us to compare it to a romantic relationship because we understand that. We get that. We have experience with romantic relationships. And that takes the mystery Mm. out of money quite a bit. It makes it more relatable, and we can understand how money works and what we need to do differently to improve the way that we think about it, the way we feel about it, and the way that we behave with our money. That's awesome. Okay, so I have kind of a funny question, though, because I can, I can almost hear, like, somebody listening to this and being like, yeah, but my romantic relationships are terrible, so how could I, like, have a good one with money? What would you say for yeah. that? Yeah. 
So here's the thing. Our money relationship often looks a lot like our romantic relationship. And so if you're identifying problems mm. in your romantic relationships, you probably have similar problems in your money relationship. But those are clues. That shows you the areas that you can grow and improve in. And having that awareness yeah. is the first step to help you make financial progress and do things differently that will serve you better. Ah. So good. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. When we get back, can we talk a little bit about tips to cope with money stress like right now and stuff we can do to protect protect our finances like during this time where the world is kind of like shutting down and social distancing? Absolutely. I have six tips that can be helpful right now for coping with money stress and dealing with um, the impact of coronavirus, and I'm, I'm really excited to share those with you all. Awesome. I cannot wait. All right. We will be right back. You're listening to The Ads Maven with myself, Jen Posick, on Inspired Choices Network. Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The Ads Maven, Jen Posick, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Listen to The Ads Maven every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Ads Maven with Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker, and coach, Jen Pawsik. To participate in the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions and comments to Jen at theadsmaven.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Jen Posick, the Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. So today we are talking all about dating your money with my guest, Nicole Icavoni. All right. I cannot wait to hear these. So we are, I know, Nicole, you were saying you've got six tips for what we can do with money stress that's going on right now. Yes. So in the midst of coronavirus and how it's impacting us, you know, as small business owners, it's impacting um, needing to take time away from work to care for children at home, um, a, a number of different issues that we're facing. Financial stress is high. So I have six tips to share with you that you can do right now to help alleviate some of that stress and also actions that you can take to prepare your financial situation from catastrophe, right? So the first tip is to stay calm. And I know that's hard for many people because they're very future-focused and there's a lot of uncertainty right now, which is very anxiety-provoking. But when it comes right down to it, money ebbs and flows, and this period of time is temporary. Everything is always changing, and this is going to blow over in time and we will recover from it. And I like to compare the current situation to romantic relationships as well. So think about like if your partner went away for a week or a couple of weeks. You wouldn't break up with your partner. You wouldn't throw a fit or freak out about them being gone. You know, you'd let your partner go freely knowing that that person will come back to you, right? You just know and trust that. You're not like a stage four flinger that's freaking out and going nuts over it. 
<laughs> we don't want to do that with our money either, okay? Like money is maybe taking a vacation right now. It's not coming into our bank account like it typically does, but there's no need to panic and be a stage four slinger with our money and stress over it. We just need to like hold out and trust that it will be coming back to us very soon. So that's tip number one. My second tip is to trim down expenses. (laughs) So this is not the time to be going on shopping sprees. I don't even recommend stockpiling food or supplies. We really want to be paring down and living efficiently as possible. We can make our money last as long as we can because we don't know when this is all going to end. So I recommend canceling subscriptions that you don't really need right now. Um, please do not go on Amazon and shop like crazy because you've got a bunch of free time on your hands. You know, really think <laughs> about what your your needs are and stick to the needs um, rather than mm. spending a lot of money on other stuff. And be paying attention to your spending plan. And if you don't have a spending plan, now's the perfect time to create one. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for sure. (laughs) So are you ready for tip number three? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Tip number three is to use your emergency fund if you need to. So an emergency fund is basically money that we all should have set aside in the event of an emergency, like an unexpected expense. So if you are losing income right now, that is unexpected, and that is what your emergency fund money is there for, is to help you break the gap between this period of time and when you have income coming back in regularly. Now, if you don't have an emergency fund, again, this is the perfect time to start building one or at least set an intention that you're going to create an emergency fund once you bounce back from coronavirus and the impacts it's had on your finances because this is absolutely something that we all need. Now, if you don't have an emergency fund and you're finding that your finances are being depleted, there are options for you to bridge that gap. Like, look for 0% interest credit cards that might be able to cover your expenses until all this sort of blows over. That way you're not uh, you know, incurring the interest charges on that credit card, but you have a means of paying for the things that you need, like those bare essentials. Again, we're trimming down. We're not doing excess of anything, but to just cover you um, in the meantime until you can bounce back if you don't have an emergency fund in place right now. That makes a lot of sense. Um, do you do you follow kind of like Dave Ramsey's stuff with the like trying to save like the thousand for the emergency fund and then pay off debt before saving the rest? Yeah. Or do you do something? Yes, different? I love yeah. I love Dave Ram Dave Ramsey's advice when it comes to that. Setting aside a thousand dollars in an emergency fund until you get your debt paid off, and then once your debt is paid off, then building that three to six months of living expenses in your emergency fund. That's exactly what I have done. Um, And it's interesting, we didn't touch upon this, but I'll mention it now. When I started dating my money and really changing the way that I looked at it and the way that I behaved with it, I paid off that $87,000 of debt in two years and multiplied my income times five in eight months just by making my money a priority and really paying attention to it. 
And so that's something to think about in relation to, you know, your own experience is that this stuff actually works and you can have really amazing results if you shift the way that you think and behave with your money. But, yeah, wholeheartedly mm. agree in, with Dave Ramsey's advice and his baby steps that he outlines, and that is a really effective way to experience financial freedom is taking it one step at a time, working on paying off that debt, and then having those funds in your emergency fund. Because look at this. This is a perfect example of why we need emergency funds, right? Because when yeah. natural disaster strikes or when you have a lull in your business, you don't want to go back into debt again, and your emergency fund protects you from that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so funny because when you – it's almost like giving permission to use it because, like, in my mind, it's like, oh, no, we don't use that unless it's like you absolutely have to, but it's like, oh, right, that's literally what it's there for. <laughs> yes. You're so, right. You don't want to use that unless it's absolutely necessary. But a lot of people right now are finding that it is absolutely necessary and that's what it's there for. And right. then once once the money starts coming in again regularly, you can replenish your emergency fund and that should be made a priority. You know, you, you don't want to have it depleted and not put it back in. So when the money is there, you definitely want to bring your balance back up to what it was. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, oh gosh, you just said something, you said something else that I wanted to touch on, but my mind just went blank. So we'll just keep going <laughs> and I'll, okay. I'll ask you about it in just okay. a little bit. Um, all right. What's your sure. next, uh, what's your next tip? Okay. So my fourth tip is to access resources. So right now we're kind of in a limbo. Congress is working on approving this emergency, uh, coronavirus bill. And if that bill is passed, there will be a number of resources available to people to help them um, endure the financial pressures we're under and recover it, recover from them. So this bill includes things like free testing um, for anybody who suspects that they may have the virus, and that includes people who are uninsured, who do not have health insurance, or who have Medicaid or Medicare. Another thing that it would provide for is family and medical leave. So if you work for a company with less than 50 employees, this might entitle you to up to 12 weeks of pay. It wouldn't be your full pay. It would be two-thirds of your monthly earnings up to $4,000. So that's relief that the government would provide for you if this bill is passed, and that might be a resource for, for people to take advantage of if they find themselves in that situation. So that might be for people who are infected with the virus, for people who are taking care of people who are sick, or for people who have to miss work because their children are off of school and they have to be home to care for them. Um, the bill also covers about, 14 days of paid sick leave. So I know this is, like, this bill is mostly for people that, like, they have actual jobs, right? What about yes. for people where they work for themselves or they're freelancers or self-employed in some fashion. Does that do, yeah. will it do anything for us? It very well may. There hasn't been specific restrictions on who is eligible for this bill. And so it's just kind of like waiting it waiting it out to see what they decide, whether the bill is passed and then what the guidelines are for who qualifies. But the way that they're talking yeah. about it right now, at least what I have read, is that if you work for a company with under 50 employees, and that could be a small business owner that is just the sole employee, 
it sounds to me like they would qualify for this relief because not only does the government want to make sure that people are having their basic needs met and have enough income coming in that they can provide for themselves and their family, but they also want to make sure that the economy doesn't crash and burn because if people don't have money to spend, they won't be buying things, and that will, you know, lead to this domino effect in terms of having a negative impact on our entire economy. And so we want to prevent things like that from happening. So I'm guessing that, you know, relief would be provided to small businesses of even one or two employees or sole proprietors. We just sort of have to wait and see what that's going to look like. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay, I have another question that is very loosely related to stuff that you were talking about. When you were talking about the paying off your eighty eighty seven thousand in like two years and then like times fiving the income and all that. So if you are if you have like if you're setting money goals for every month and you're just like not making them, do you have advice on like what to do to like I don't know, I feel like mindset plays such a big role in all of it. But it's like if you're not making the money goals and it's like just things are frustrating and then you're getting down on yourself. Absolutely. This is a great question. question. I'm so glad you asked this. No, I'm so glad you asked it. Here's the thing that I have found. (laughs) I don't set financial goals. I don't create like profit plans or or set goals for how much money I want to make every month. I used to do that. And I put so much pressure on myself, and I was always focused on money, and that didn't feel good at all. So I started changing that. And now what I do and what I've done for the past few years is I focus on how many people I want to serve. Not how much money I'm going to make, but who, how many people I'm going to serve, how many people I want to reach, and how I'm going to show up for them. Because that's something I can control. I can't control how many people buy from me. I can't control, you know, I can't force them to hand me over their money. That is outside of my control. And when we set profit goals of, like, how much money we want to earn, that's sort of what we're saying is, like, I want to get these people to give me their money. But that feels icky and sleazy and slimy, and we don't want to focus on that. So if we just focus on being the very best, at what we do and delivering great service or an exceptional experience or an awesome product. And if we focus on the number of people that we reach, like, you know, I want to reach out to a number of people on my email list and I want to reach out to a number of people for virtual coffee dates and I want to reach out to a number of people to, you know, like talk on their podcast, for example. That's something within my control that I can can do through my behaviors and my actions, and I can show up in a great way for my clients every single day. I can influence that. And if you focus on that, you're going to find that that increases your income and it brings more money into your life and you don't have to focus on the money all the time. That is brilliant. And I'm seeing all the comments in the chat are just like, brilliant, gorgeous, uh, so much more congruent for me. Hashtag stealing it. Me too. Bam. Yeah. Like that makes so much sense. Um, okay. So when you're talking about like focusing on delivering for people, you're not putting any type of like, okay. So like I serve people in plenty of different ways from like my 
like free stuff to like paid workshops to my membership to like ads management, it's not necessarily putting like saying like I want to serve this many people in ads management. It's just more like mm-hmm. I want to serve this many people in some capacity, right? Yes, absolutely. Or you could set a goal and say, I want to personally reach out to 10 people this week. Or I want to send an invitation to 30 people this month to check out my course. You know, and when you do that, it's good to have measurable goals. That's very helpful. And that shows us if we've reached them or not. We just want to change the nature of the goal to make sure that it's something that we can actually influence or control in some way. You can totally influence and control whether you reach out to 10 people a week or 30 people a month to invite them or educate them about what you have to offer. You cannot control whether they sign on the dotted line and give you their credit card. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I feel like this is exactly what I needed to hear, and I'm going to be making some changes. All right. I know we've we've got one last break coming up. When we get back, we've still got two more tips. So, whew. All right. Uh, you're listening to The Ads Maven with myself, Jen Posick, on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Want to run Facebook and Instagram ads but aren't sure where to start? Are you running ads but know they could be doing better? The Ads Maven, Jen Posick, is here to help by sharing the secrets to running effective and profitable Facebook and Instagram ads. Listen to The Ads Maven every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Ads Maven with Facebook and Instagram ad strategist, speaker, and coach, Jen Pawsik. To participate in the show, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also email questions and comments to Jen at theadsmaven.com. Now, back to the show. All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Jen Posick, the Ads Maven on Inspired Choices Network. Oh, friends, we are talking about some good stuff. So we're talking about dating your money with Nicole Icavoni. Oh, man. So before we went to the break, we were talking about, and I feel like, honestly, this was, like, so far, the biggest, like, aha moment for me is, like, the idea of not setting goals for, like, financial goals and not even setting goals in terms of, like, I want to have this many people paying me uh, this month, but setting goals where it's how many people can we help, how many people can we serve in various forms. Oh, I love it. I feel like that's going to make some big changes. (laughs) All right. I know that we've got, um, you've got six tips. We've already covered, I think, four of them um, about stuff that we can do to help right now protecting our finances uh, during this time with coronavirus, COVID-19, where everything is shutting down and social distancing and all of that. So, what are your what are your other two tips? Yes. So the next tip is to look for financial opportunities. 
So in a time like this, it's really easy to focus on all the bad in the situation and all the problems and everything that's going wrong. And it's a lot more difficult to find what's going right or what's really good about the situation. But that's exactly what we need to look for. There are a lot of financial opportunities right now because of coronavirus sweeping across the globe. And it's important that we take advantage of those opportunities. So for example, Interest rates are super low right now. Now, that's not great for our investments, but it is great <laughs> if you are looking to buy a house or if you might want to refinance your home because that can literally save mm. you thousands of dollars over the course of your loan. I was just looking into this yesterday, and um, you know, my mortgage rate is like 4.6% on my 15-year mortgage, and interest rates right now you can get for 3%. And so I calculated what the difference would be over the life of my loan if I refinanced at that 3%, and it would save me $40,000 in interest over the life oh of God. the loan. So that might be something to look into. That can really set you up for good financial progress down the line by taking advantage of those low interest rates right now. Another opportunity is yeah. to buy stocks. You know, everyone's upset because the market has plummeted as a result of this. But this is the perfect right. opportunity to buy stock at a low rate because we know it's going to bounce back. That's what it does. It always bounces back. And that yeah. can really generate a lot of financial gain for you in the future. So the other thing I recommend, especially for small business owners, is look for opportunities about how you can serve how you can help people, and how you can offer your own expertise during this critical time because guaranteed people need what you have to offer. Even though we're practicing social distancing, we've still got the Internet, we've still got email, we've still got phone, and we can communicate and oh, help yeah. and serve one another. And that might be a great opportunity for you to create a new income stream or to generate more income in the work that you do if you find a need and then figure out a way how you can fill that need. Absolutely. I was actually, somebody just asked me last night if I had tips for local business owners. And I was saying how, like, in general, it's like looking to see, like, how can you move things online? How can you offer similar services or complementary services online? And he was asking, like, okay, so what about for, like, a dog trainer as, like, a specific example where the, the dog trainer, like, works with dogs and their humans in person, but it's like... Mm -hmm. I mean, my dogs are so much worse behaved or differently behaved if I'm home with them and, like, somebody else yeah. isn't there. Like, if the dog trainer's there, their behavior is totally different. So it's like going on, yeah. like, a Zoom link and, like, having an online call where you can see them. Like, that gives you a whole new mm -hmm. level of insight to help train the dog and train the human at the same time. And so that makes so much sense. Okay, I know we're, we're yeah, cutting it absolutely. close on time. What's the last tip? Yeah, my last tip is please do not touch your investments. Don't even look at the market. Just ignore it because <laughs> if you look at the market or you're constantly looking at your investments and you're like, oh, my God, I need to pull out. I can't, you know, take any more loss. You're going to panic. And we just want to leave it alone and trust, mm -hmm. again, that we're going to bounce back from this. Money will be coming back into your life you know, and not panicking and making some poor decisions where you're actually going to end up with a greater loss if you try to pull out your investments. So that's my final tip is just to hold yeah. tight, 
stay calm, ride the wave, money ebbs and flows. It's an everyday thing. This is just one of those times where, you know, our money is taking a little time away from us, and it's okay. We need to let it come and go freely, and there's no one trusts that it will come back when we need it to. Oh, man. Yes, absolutely. That makes so much sense. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me. This has been an awesome call, and I feel like, again, it's really good timing uh, for this episode. Like, I know that we had it planned well before we thought that, or at least well before I thought that this would be the state of the world that we are currently in, but, man, this is awesome. So um, I know, again, so if anybody wants to get on your list, start getting your money love notes on a regular basis so that you can start dating your money. The link for that is in the show notes, but you can also go to NicoleIcovoni.com. Icovoni is uh, spelled I-A-C-O-V-O-N-I. So NicoleIcovoni.com to check that out. Ah, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, any any last tips, any last things that we should keep in mind or remember? Um, well, first I was going to say thank you so much for having me on the show. And I agree, the time was the timing was absolutely perfect. I don't think we could have planned it any better. Um, but I just want everyone to know that you know I'm available for any questions. So if people are struggling with their own unique situations and they're just not sure what to do about that. Um, please reach out to me. If I can help, I will. I'm happy to do that, and I feel a uh, responsibility, um, you know, just to my fellow man um, to help in times of crisis <laughs> like this. So I just offer that invitation. You know, if you're really struggling, you're feeling totally stressed out about money, that's what I specialize in is a lot of the emotional stuff related to money and figuring out solutions to that and ways to feel different about it. So um, please consider me a resource, and I'm happy to help if I can. Awesome. And what's the best way for people to get a hold of you then? Yeah, they can just go to my website. There's a contact form on my um, website that they can send me a message. It comes right to my personal email, and I read everything message from that form. Awesome. Thank you again. I so appreciate it, and I know that my listeners do too. Yeah. All right. So next week, we have another awesome episode for you. It is all about blogging with Leslie Samuel. Um, We recorded this episode a few weeks ago, so I can say with certainty that there will be some amazing nuggets in there for you. So I will... See you next week on The Ads Maven. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to The Ads Maven. Jen Palsik will return next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. Mountain, and 12 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. See you next week where we will dive into more Facebook and Instagram ad strategies. 